0: Whether you ever wanted to be a parent, or you are parents, or you have parents, this is a special episode just for you, coming up.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: Welcome to Inverse, a special Bible study show for people who have parents, which is really all of us. We've all had parents or <laughs> have parents or of some permutation of sorts. We're going to have a word of prayer and we're going to delve into the topic of parenting. And this isn't really for parents, but really there is a spiritual uh, message and a function of parenting. So Siku, if you can pray for us.
1: Sure. Dear God, we thank you that um, we all have parents, uh, which means that we're on this planet. We thank you for the parents that you've given us. And for those of us who have the joy of being parents, we thank you for that gift. But most importantly, we thank you for you being our parent. And we ask that as our heavenly father, you would open our minds to understand the things that you speak to us from scripture so that we can be better citizens. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. amen.
0: amen. Uh, Israel, let's go to Psalms 123. And let's read that whole Psalm there. It's not- very long. Uh, Psalm 123. Oh, 127. Okay, sorry. 127. 127 verses. One, two, three,
2: four, five. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For who, for who he gives. Sorry, for so he gives his beloved beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with their enemies in the gate.
0: All right, Sebastian, what is going on in that psalm? It's talking about sleeping and children and housing and quivers. And (laughs) what's up with that psalm?
3: Essentially, he's, he's covering, um, three main things. The first thing is the indispensability of God, right? In terms of the success of your house mm-hmm. as a parent. So you're not going to be a successful parent. You're not going to build a successful, uh, pro- posterity without the Lord, unless the Lord is a part of it.
0: So that's what you mentioned. Uh, you mean in verse one and two? two yes. You know, rising up early, getting two jobs, full-time, exactly. part-time, you're no time. Yourself does, to the, that doesn't matter without Jesus.
3: No. Okay. No. All right. And then number two, are, is the, the inheritance and the blessing that having children are mm. in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he says they're a heritage from the Lord. So we're inheriting them because we're children of God. He's now giving us his children mm-hmm. um, in a crazy sense and that this is a reward. Mm-hmm. And they're also um, now dealing with the impact that those children will eventually have and the results that will come because we raised our children in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he says, you know, happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. And that his children will not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate.
0: So, what is that? What's a quiver? Why Why are children in a quiver? Why Why? Are well, they essentially, full? a quiver,
3: What's... you know, where you have your bow and arrows. Yes. And essentially, when your quiver is full, that means you're ready for battle. So you're not going to run out of. um you know, your weapon in order to be defenseless so you can conquer your enemies.
0: So what? You're throwing your children at the enemies or what? what Well,
3: essentially, when you raise your children for God, they are literal agents of bringing down Ah. the the devil's kingdom. Yes. So in essence, your quiver will always be full of them, right? And this is not just your next generation, but the generation after that and the generation after that. Mm -hmm. So in in these three things, Solomon is the one who pens this psalm and essentially is driving forward to that point. Because think about... How, what Solomon was for David mm-hmm. and what he accomplished in terms of the golden age of Israel, and that was just one of his sons. Mm-hmm. And imagine, you know, eventually
2: Jesus will come
3: through that same lineage. Israel, Some principles from this
2: The society is made up of at the end, when you distill that down, it's made up of family units. Mm-hmm. The family unit is the smallest of all social units mm-hmm. and all social groups. And so, it is the family that builds the church. It is the family that builds the state. It is the mm-hmm. family that builds the nation. Mm-hmm. It is the family that builds the world. And so, what the text is saying is that, from its very foundation, from the very core of society, at, at its very lowest, uh, you know, number, mm-hmm. God has His hand. In what is taking place in this world and he gives us in our children he not only gives us the ability to uh, provide for ourselves you know in in the end what ends up happening is kids take care of their parents or or whatever but here you also have the fact that God gives parents gifts so that kids will ultimately build up the reputation not just of the home but the reputation of society of church Mm. of the world and will provide governance for uh, for the entire world. And through this governance, they reveal uh, the love and the character of God. And I think this was what God's design was from the beginning.
1: No, I'm, I'm I'm just thinking about, I was having a conversation with uh, a friend, actually this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, with a group of friends, and just talking about how, how wicked the world is mm-hmm. and what a scary thing it is to bring children into the world mm-hmm. um, at so many different levels. And we were kind of going through all the pros that we could think all the cons, actually, that we could think of. And there were very many. Um, And at the end of it, and these were single friends. And they were like, you know, if we ever get married, we don't want to have kids, you know, because you bring them into a world that is so sinful, that is so horrible, that is full of all of this evil. Right. And And it kind of becomes like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, why would you have children mm-hmm. if the world is so wicked and so evil? So, a for the children's sake, like don't bring them into the world so they don't have to suffer, mm. and then b don't contribute to like overpopulation and you know all these. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: How many kids you plan on having, That's interesting. <laughs> a village, okay. Right. Talking to singles, huh? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But you know something that something that came out as we were discussing it was was you know there's an there's an opportunity. In a Christian home, there's an opportunity to contribute to society, something that is positive Mm. with your children. And yes, the world is evil, but there's the possibility that your children can be a light in the world Mm. and be be a witness within their sphere of influence. Mm. So not for the sake of personal aggrandizement or, you know, for family pride or whatever, but for the advancement of God's kingdom, Um, that for I I like how Sebastian put it that in terms of being a quiver in in your arsenal for war against the enemy Mm -hmm. you know um, that children can be that kind of a blessing it's it's a scary endeavor still but there's the there's the possibility of that blessing I guess that children can bring we,
0: we think of children often as like just these annoying extensions that just happen through life yeah, like we're going through here and we have kids and there's just an extra liability, extra expenses. But yeah. this this quiver a component or tax deduction, or tax deduction for, <laughs> for, for Israel. Thank
3: you. Sebastian that's, too, that's,
0: that's the funny. reason <laughs> that's so for
3: <laughs> some of his children. Uh,
0: but this quiver component is they are a next natural extension of our values of what what we are called to do, mm-hmm. what we are the battles that we are to be involved in and we, we talked about it in this previous episode but look at hannah and her raising of samuel and the priests of their day were totally corrupt them I mean, they're they're hanging out with women they shouldn't they're eating things they shouldn't mm-hmm. and why i mean i want my child to go to the best university the best school i'm not going to put them in the worst school but she's <laughs> having the, the mentality let's put them in in this corrupt school uh-huh. to change the school from the inside out i mean that's yeah. that's true mission mm-hmm. discipleship method
3: but I, I mean, exactly. if if you think about it, right, you're we're, we're we're kind of cutting God short. It's like we're robbing God of an opportunity to work a miracle, yeah. because truly, right, if we believe Jesus is who He says He is and who He claims to be, mm. that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ, that Jesus reigns, then even when Jesus was born. I mean, there was a king trying to kill you. Right. He was looking for you. I mean, God sent a dream. God sent wise men. He provided gold and silver when you were born in a manger so you could make the journey. Like, these are all the things that God provided for that one baby. And it gives us comfort to know that God is going to do the same thing for our child. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that child is being brought into a godly home, into a family that loves God and that's praying. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's the—I resonate a lot with Siku's point about the idea in a human, you know, context— this is a crazy endeavor. Why would I ever do this? Mm-hmm. Once you insert Jesus as that secret ingredient, you just change the whole recipe. Like, yeah, this is a completely different conversation now yeah. because let's, of what he can do. Let's
0: go to uh, chapter six. Let's go to the Old Testament and let's go to chapter six, verse four. This is the Hebrew Shema, a very important uh, verse for the Jewish faith. Verse four. The Bible says "Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then there's a shift, and we're going to see how the two, the two are related. Verse 6, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you shall rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, they you shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Siku, what's going on in chapter 6 of Deuteronomy? What are some principles about parenting we can glean from
1: there? Well, the first thing is that the, the, the injunction goes to the parents, it seems. Mm. You shall love the Lord your God, in verse 5, with all your heart. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, you, you, the parent is the one who has to begin by having a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes it can be easy... To expect of others, and more so when it's your children, to expect of others what you're not necessarily implementing in your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about our eldest is three, and and we're trying to teach him not to ingest too much sugar. You know, so the lesson goes: sugar. The struggle is scientific.
2: Do not ingest this. Hashtag the struggle is real.
1: So the lesson goes: sugar is bad for you because it depresses your immune system. All true, you know, it depresses your immune system, You're, you're more prone to getting sick. And then you know, Mama just really, really needed to eat that chocolate. You know, it it was a, it was a need, a medical need. <clears throat> and how do you? It's a special
0: how, episode of confession <laughs> here at Inverse, where parents are confessing all their sins before national, international TV here. But so like,
1: how you, do you, you're
0: obsessed with chocolate, and you're teaching your son not to be obsessed with right, sugar. Right.
1: So so how do you? I I I want my child not to be doing this, right? right. But what the bible says is it needs to start with me yeah. right so yeah. before i'm going and teaching my child i need to overcome the sugar in my life mm-hmm. and then that's what i pass on to my children and that's mm-hmm. that's the first thing that i get from mm-hmm. this text
3: mm-hmm. you know it's interesting it reminding me of a a story in Gandhi's life where he he was this woman came to him and was like you know can you tell my son to stop eating candy and Gandhi's like well tell him come back in 2 weeks and then i'll tell him so 2 weeks passes the kid comes back and she's like, you said you would tell my son. He's like, oh, where is he? So the kid comes over, and Gandhi's like, oh, stop eating candy. And the kid's like, okay, and walks off. And the woman's like, why'd you make me wait two weeks? He's like, because I had to stop eating candy myself. He's like, I'm not going to tell your son I'm eating candy. and it's it, it, But his whole point to me is is so valid in the fact of what you're saying is our words will have the power and the influence that our example has gained. Mm. So when I'm living it, you know, it's way more powerful and potent for me to tell my child because they're like, I'm living it. Mm. And I run a you know a health business and my daughter, you know, it's called the New Life. So my oldest is always like, you know, when it comes down for dessert and stuff, it's like, okay, Papa, you know, you can't have one cookie because you're about the new life. (laughs) I'm not about the new life, so I get two (laughs) (laughs) cookies. So it's like they understand the fact that hey, you're going to the gym, you're exercising, you're all about these things. Um, And because you're about it, they're like, okay, I'll listen to you talk about this subject. And it was really funny before I flew here.
0: Wait, hold on. Before you go, when you flew here, coming up, we're going to hear the conclusion of Sebastian's story.
1: Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there... Join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion.
0: Welcome back. We're going back to Sebastian. What's going on?
3: (laughs) So, before I was flying, you know, um, for our filming, uh, my my oldest daughter came downstairs and she was like, you know, Papa, I think I need to start going to the gym with you. And I'm like, why? She's like, because, you know, I was picking up the toys and like, I don't know, I was feeling some some pain in my back and everything. I think I need to strengthen my core. <laughs> I'm like, what? You need to strengthen your core. I guess she's now like how her how old is she at this point? She's uh six years old. Six years old and <laughs> she needs to strengthen, strengthen her, her, her core. core. And yes. I guess she's heard me like talking to clients about their core. And so it's just funny to see how now, you know, her and my um my second child, they're very invested in being healthy and being fit simply because of the example mm. that you leave. Mm-hmm. And so it just goes to show, like, when you lie down, when you walk by the way, just in the everyday life of how you're living your life, if you live that example, it's going to influence them.
0: I think, for me, that's where the powerful, powerful mm-hmm. phrases are in verse 7. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when mm-hmm. you rise up. Uh, you shall talk when you sit in your house. House. These are very un-super, super, super, super unassuming, unassuming, very normal instances. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes as a parent, we think like parenting, these are events, or these are programs, or these are initiatives, or books, or these big things, which I think there's merit to them and great stuff. But parenting just happens when you're just sitting in a car really doing nothing, when you're walking or when you're just brushing your teeth. These, these small little vignettes of everyday life, that's when children are just soaking up all everything about mom and dad mm-hmm. and copying mom and dad.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Uh, very, very powerful, but dangerous at the mm-hmm. same oh, yes. time.
2: But it's talking about intentionality mm-hmm. too, because it says there, you shall teach them diligently mm-hmm. to your yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. And so there is this element of intentionality in you know, the way we live. Mm. So the way we live should be so intentional that whether it's big moments or small moments, it's coming out in everything that mm-hmm. we do. And I think here uh, God is giving Israel two things. Number one is to to love God. And then number two is to til- to diligently teach your kids. Mm-hmm. And so you have this element of leading by example, but then also not neglecting the active role of teaching, mm-hmm. and I think many times as parents we fall in one or the other. We expect that our example is going to be enough, and he's saying no, this is not enough. You need to teach them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we give the words, we teach them diligently, without <laughs> without right. having that example. And so both things are necessary when it's coming to teaching our kids hey, about.
0: Let's, let's broaden that, CQ. let oh. broaden that. What what is this teaching component? Is it just? It's not just enrolling them in formal education, okay. but what 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 other aspects? does the bible really uh point to
1: i don't know that i'm going to answer your question okay. but I, something that that struck me on actually may hit hit on it in verse seven, verse seven this this the way that you're teaching um in your intentionality like verbally instructing them and then also in in lifestyle it just reminded me of the ministry of christ mm-hmm. um my husband is huge on discipleship ministry like it's kind of like a thing for him. He goes and he reads about how the rabbis used to do it back in the day. And they would walk, you know, they, they would have disciples who would walk behind them and literally walk in their footsteps mm-hmm. and they would see how the rabbi would sleep. And, and you see Christ's ministry had these disciples following him around. And so when when the enemies, uh the enemies of Christ, the, the Pharisees sent spies to go spy on Jesus and they go see what Jesus is doing and they come back and they're like, okay, so what you got to tell us about Jesus? And mm-hmm. they were like, man, never a man spake as he spake, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the power with which Jesus speaks is unlike anything we've heard. And, and one author puts it this way, is that never a man spoke like Jesus because there was never a man who lived like Jesus. Mm. So the power, power of his life uh, came out in the, because of his life, the, the, his words had power. Mm. Yes. And, and when I think about parenting, um, that the, in, in essence, more so than, you know, going to church and quote-unquote doing ministry and sometimes we get caught up in I want to go knock on doors and do evangelism. Parenting your children is discipleship, Mm -hmm. you know, like... Your life is supposed to imbibe the values that you claim to to profess, and then you teach them to your children, and the the words that you speak to your children have power because they see it in your life, Mm -hmm. which is the ministry of Christ.
0: So, I mean, parenting today in a a secular context is just teach them to be moral uh, contributors to society outstanding citizens but here uh, this 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 paradigm shift is we're not called to parent our children the way that the world parents we are to disciple them into the gospel work the gospel came the character i mean they are to be patterned after jesus's mm-hmm. life i mean this is a paradigm shift that i mean any christians don't really fully embrace all, yeah. all the way Well, i
3: think i think it's hard to swallow because you know, many times you can get caught up in being a parent and fail as a disciple maker, Mm -hmm. right? It's just, man, I need a break. Like, I just need you to go play over there. And this has nothing to do about discipleship. And so I think while it is an idealistic approach that we definitely want to strive for, I think the reality of how it plays out every day Mm -hmm. isn't so picture perfect. It's just sometimes you're you're tired as a parent or you don't have it or Mm. your spiritual life is going through, you know, maybe a valley, you know, at that time. And so you know, there's a, there's an opportunity where discipling our children also is improving our own discipleship Mm -hmm. and driving us back to Christ and driving us to be better and say, look, I need to get that example back Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm losing the grip here.
1: I think that, I mean, I think that's, that's really the essence of it though, is how do you deal with the times when you're just exhausted? Mm -hmm. Because that's There'll come times when as a person you're exhausted and then I need to model what, what does a Christian who's exhausted look like? you know yeah. and i learned this lesson as i was i was working on a on a campus in in michigan and there was this one student who would come to my house she would come unannounced like all hours of the day i love her to bits but she, oh. it was really challenging because i had this picture of what i should be as an example as a spiritual example to the students that I was studying the bible with mm-hmm. and she would catch me unawares like in moments where i'm trying to recharge and i'm like oh this girl is messing with what i'm trying to do like, mm-hmm. in terms of my work but That's right. And if you're
0: watching out there, just uh, contact Siku, yeah. Siku <laughs> to, 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 and Siku at whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, we're really
1: good friends. Okay. I love her. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. But well, your yeah. principal,
0: how, how do you, but, how but do the you thing, get the thing, charged? What I learned,
1: what I learned was, because I would try to get into like, quote unquote, super spiritual mode, Yeah. you know, and like act out what I thought a Christian should look like. Yeah. But I learned through that experience that she, her seeing me in those moments like the question is, how do I deal with moments of stress? How do I deal with when I'm tired? How do I recharge? Is God a part of that picture? Yeah. And when she saw, when I allowed myself to be vulnerable in the Lord, when she saw that that's really what changed her, wasn't seeing me giving a Bible study or right. up front was just like, hey, you know, you're, you're just, you just follow Jesus. Like no matter how you're feeling, no matter how you, and I think that's, I think that's the power of example right. is that, when your children see when mama is tired, this is what mama acts like, you know, and Jesus is a part of that picture,
2: right. too. Right. Yeah.
0: So let's so let's change gears and like, uh, traditional parenting is mom and dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've we've talked a lot about moms and dads. And but are there also other uh, different kinds of parenting? So if if we look at parenting now under this, the scheme of, of discipleship making, it kind of opens up the definition of it. Absolutely. Uh, what other forms are there? Sebastian?
3: Well, I mean, you know, I grew up with a single parent home most of my childhood. And, you know, you have uh, single parents who feel like they have to be both mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that, you know, in God's original system, both parents combine to bring the influence of discipleship. But when you're the only parent, um, especially in a society where you're working outside the home, you know, it's not like the children are participating in what you do. It's like, I have to go to work. And so a lot of times, you know, that single parenting model is something that may seem to be at a deficiency, but when you put it in the light of discipleship, it still works. Mm -hmm. Um, And that if you are intentional, even as a single parent, God is still going to bless the fruits of your labors as you give and say, look, I'm going to intentionally disciple my children. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I've seen the fruits of that in my own life and other people's lives.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I I, I grew up in a very, uh, a very busy home. Both of my parents Worked. you know we were um, an immigrant family my parents immigrated into the United States and so they had to work really hard in order for us to be able to live in the US and so they worked I remember my mom you know dropping me off at school early in the morning before school was opened and uh, a teacher her name is Mrs. Arakawa to this day I remember because she came every single morning and she opened up the school and she would allow me to sit in her classroom for two or three hours before school started mm-hmm. and to this day I've never been able to find her but the role that she played in my life was significant she was essentially kind of like a mother to me Mm -hmm. and um, you know the impact that she had I was able to see and you know even at that I was in third grade even at that age I could see yeah I could see this this person is special she's different from other people she's not just a teacher but she's a Christian and you know you would think you know she's patient You know, this early in the morning, I mean, this was like 5 or 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning. Mm -hmm. She's patient. She doesn't... um... She doesn't push me aside and say, you go over there while I do my thing. She was attentive to my needs. It was just she was diligent Mm. in her ministry to me. And so Mm. we had those elements. I remember my my aunts, you know, my aunts were like mothers to me Mm -hmm. where they'd have to sometimes babysit me. And they became like mothers or my uncles became like fathers. When I went to to academy, I, I had to go to academy in a different state. And my principal, Mrs. Clark, she became like a mother to me. And so you have these the concept in the Bible of these mothers in israel who take over Mm. the parental responsibilities once you you know your children move on and the role that these individuals play um you know they to this day i can think of so many people that have impacted my life because they parented me and they discipled me. We
0: have many spiritual parents who are not our parents, mm-hmm. and then also on the other flip side, that we have the responsibility to parent other children outside of our genetic offspring, mm-hmm. if it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's quite an interesting take this this Christian perspective on on, on mm-hmm. parenting. Yeah.
1: I think I think that um, when the the church, I believe the church has an opportunity to offer um, a family. A support system mm. to those who may not have certain aspects mm. when I when I left home I was 17 mm-hmm. um, and I went to Canada and the church that the church family I became a part of there was a there, were, there was a husband and wife who would drive an hour out of their way to come pick me up to take me to church one way mm. and so every Friday night they would come pick me up take me to church to have fellowship Sabbath morning same thing mm-hmm. um, and they are Parents to me, I call them mom and dad. Mm-hmm. They came to my graduation from college. They came to my wedding. They, they've continued to be a part of my life. And and my parents, I told my parents, I'm like, those are my Canadian parents. So I think the church, mm. the church has an opportunity to offer that to people who may not have, you know, their mom and dad there or their father there. The, mm-hmm. the church can be a family mm-hmm. in that way.
0: Amen. Let me ask you this final question: What what uh, can we say? What biblical principles or advice can we give to those parents who have? have parented, and the children have not followed in the ways of the Lord? What, what encouragement can we give to those who are maybe kids who have parents and they're not of a godly parental background? Uh, what's, what's the hope we can give to, to people out there? who and, and they're for sure out there, uh, maybe even well, around this table. The
3: book of Proverbs tells us that, you know, if you teach a child the way in which they should go and when they are old, right, they shall not depart from it. That gives you the promise that God is not mocked. You know, you will reap what you have sown. Mm. And so uh, sometimes you may not see the fruits right away. Mm -hmm. But if you've taught your child right and they may grow to make different choices, then you have to believe that God is going to keep his promise. And he's going to be actively working on bringing your child back, you know, to the way that you taught them. And so be confident in the seeds that you've sown and make sure that you're always sowing in the spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. On behalf of our little Inverse team here, all the Mrs. Arakawa's out there and all the Mrs. Clarks and all the, the, of our parents, oh, thank you, mom and dad, our, our, our genetic <laughs> parents, all the people that have parented us, we want to thank you. And for all those of you out there still parenting and discipling other children of, of Christ out there, have hope and and, and trust that God's word would not return void. <laughs> so I mean, a special warm, warm episode of, of, of Inverse. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to us. We'll see you next week here in Inverse.
1: You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Daco, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org.